Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9.47 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's the 19th of February, 2021. This is episode 369 of Bitcoin and... Well, Bitcoin just hit $1 trillion market cap. Dude, $1 trillion. Now, as I said yesterday, we're going to have to stay above that uh, for it to, you know, to actually make the difference that we think it's going to make. I.e., at this point, hedge fund managers run to the door saying, okay, we're here. It's a trillion dollar asset. We cannot ignore it any longer. It's impossible. It just, we just, we're going to have to actually jump in. Okay. Uh, But for that to happen, we have to be above a trillion dollars for a while. I suspect what's going to happen is that we're going to, we're going to go back below a trillion dollars today. I think we're going to flirt with it throughout the weekend. I think we're probably going to see a fairly good Sunday dip. We've been here before. We will be here again. It's it's gonna happen. Oh my God! And Cynthia Loomis just got laser eyes. Holy shit! Is this true? Marty Bent. <laughs> Marty Bent just tweeted out, uh, like just now, literally at nine forty eight a.m. Central Standard Time. Marty Bent tweets out a screen cap of Cynthia Loomis's Twitter account, and yes, her avatar now has laser eyes. We all have laser eyes. Okay. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're not on Bitcoin Twitter and you're missing out. You're so missing out on the memeology here, man. Okay. So here we go. Uh, it's going to be a good day. Uh, it's going to be a really good weekend. Like I said, you know, we are, we're going to dip below a trillion. I hope I'm wrong. But we're gonna dip below. We're gonna come back up. We're gonna dip below. We're gonna come back up. We're gonna, at one point, we're gonna we're gonna rise above a trillion dollars, and we're gonna stay there. And after we stay there for like a month, okay, at that point, you, it just you cannot deny Bitcoin at this point. All right, so let's start out with the news. <clears throat> Last bit uh, launches two Lightning payment apps to boost. Adoption in Europe. All right, let's see what this is all about. Uh, Christian Carolis and uh, Peter Chihuahua writing this for Bitcoin Magazine sometime this morning. Today, Bitcoin payment company LastBit announced the launch of two payment apps designed to spread the use of Lightning Network among Europeans. I'm sure Christine Lagarde is not going to be happy. One of the apps, LastBit Lite, is a mobile payment app that integrates a Lightning Network wallet with the Euro-denominated International Bank Account Number, or IBAN, designated bank account. And the other, LastBit Cards, is a mobile app that lets users find their LastBit debit cards via the Lightning Network using Lite or uh, any Lightning Network wallet. Okay. 
Quote, with these applications, users can send euros over Lightning instantly and even buy Bitcoin or pay Lightning invoices in instantly directly from their last bit card interface. LastBit built these products to demonstrate that Bitcoin and the Lightning Network can, in fact, be integrated into traditional financial rails, according to a release shared by LastBit. With Lite, L-I-T-E, users can make Bitcoin transactions on-chain or over Lightning and can transfer euros as BTC back and forth via the Lightning Network with cards. They can pay Lightning invoices and access a physical MasterCard branded debit card that can be used at merchants in person. The release claimed that these are the first apps available in Europe that make it possible for users to move instantly between Bitcoin and Euros using the Lightning Network through IBAN accounts or MasterCard debit cards. Quote, the Lightning Network is a financial settlement technology that can seriously disrupt how payments are processed globally, said Bernardo Magnani, co-founder of LastBit, per the release. Quote, this is barely the tip of the iceberg. All right, so whose business model are they eating into here? Jack Mallers from Strike. That's that's who. That's okay though, and I'm sure Jack is knowing who Jack, the personality of Jack and sort of his ethics base. I'm sure he's out there going good. Let's let's fucking go. LFG, bro. LFG. All right. Um, what else we got up on here on deck? <clears throat> oh God, three reasons why the Motley Fool is buying five million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Again, five million. Really? Dude, that's that's so sad. Nick Chong is writing this for BTC Times uh, sometime this morning. Popular finance news and information site The Motley Fool has become the latest firm to allocate capital to Bitcoin. Of note, the Bitcoin is a private firm, unlike other institutional Bitcoin players such as MicroStrategy. In a Twitter thread, the firm wrote that they will be buying $5 million worth of Bitcoin with capital from its balance sheet. The Motley Fool added that it believes Bitcoin will perform well over the long run, noting that it normally tells investors to hold assets for five years or more. Quote, we generally recommend investors aim to own at least 30 stocks and hold them for a minimum of five years. And we think Bitcoin can play a role with a diversified portfolio built with a focus on the long term, end quote. The firm added that it would be buying into Bitcoin directly as opposed to buying funds that represent exposure to the digital asset. Quote, finally, we aren't buying overpriced ETFs as our route into Bitcoin. We are buying Bitcoin directly, end quote. The Motley Fool was founded in 1993, has 500 employees, and raised dozens of millions of dollars during the dot-com boom, according to PitchBook. While $5 million is not a particularly large amount when compared to the scale of MicroStrategy, which most recently announced it was raising $900 million to add to its $3.5 billion of existing Bitcoin, the Motley Fool does have many eyes online. The firm has over 835,000 followers on Twitter and over 87 million monthly visits to its site per similar web. This place places it amongst the largest financial information sites on the internet. The Twitter thread announcing this move has garnered over 20,000 likes and 4,500 retweets as of this article's writing. <clears throat> so why is the Motley Fool buying Bitcoin? The Motley Fool claims to be making this investment for three core reasons. First and foremost, the firm thinks that Bitcoin will store value more effectively than gold over the long term. Secondly, 
It believes that Bitcoin will act as a viable hedge against inflation. This is similar sentiment to that shared by prominent Wall Street investors such as Wall Street billionaire Paul Tudor Jones. Jones said in a note published last May that he thinks Bitcoin will be the fastest horse in the race against inflation. And lastly, the Motley Fool thinks that Bitcoin may become a medium for transactions as long as the cryptocurrency's price stabilizes in the decades ahead. While the firm did not give a firm price target, the heuristic of a 10x was mentioned. Quote, in our 10x real money portfolio, we recommend buying Bitcoin. It will be a core holding of our 10x portfolio. There are other stocks we believe are on a path that could potentially lead to 10x returns at some point over the next 15 years. We believe Bitcoin could deliver those returns as well. Aw yeah, baby. Aw yeah. That's what I'm talking about, man. See, I got my, uh, I got, I got some, my stuff like lit back up, if you can't tell. Sell, sell, sell. That's what I'm talking about, man. Buy it. Just buy it. Buy the living crap out of it. Buy it before Taproot activation. <clears throat> the timeline is set, but the path is unclear. And Joe Rogers is going to tell us about it for Bitcoin Magazine. Earlier this week, Bitcoin's development community met via internet relay chat to discuss Taproot activation paths and lay out an expected timeline for the privacy and smart contract flexibility upgrade. This was the second such activation meeting held through IRC. Through a tentative timeline was set, or though a tentative timeline was set, the meeting ultimately left the group divided on a main issue. How exactly to coordinate said upgrade? According to an expected timeline posted after the meeting on Bitcoin Wiki, Taproot could be activated in August of 2022. March 17th uh, to the 31st of 2021, full node software to be released with Taproot activation deployment. July 23rd of 2021, economic majority has upgraded. Minor signaling begins to indicate preparedness to protect the economic minority who have not upgraded yet. Two weeks after 90% of the Bitcoin network's hash rate signal support, Taproot activates. Economic majority enforces while miners protect the economic minority until they upgrade as well. August 1st, 2022, entire economy has upgraded. Quote, there were two primary topics of conversation, the timeline and what to do if Taproot does not meet activation requirements, Ben Carmen, a Bitcoin developer at SuredBits, told Bitcoin Magazine. Carmen said that the room was divided on whether or not to proceed with the user-activated software fork or the UASF if requirements are not met. Quote, after core devs have experienced backlash and drama in the past few years, oh boy, it seems that they want to do a less controversial thing and not force the upgrade with the upgrade with the default UASF. End quote. <clears throat> Taproot is the biggest update to Bitcoin since SegWit back in 2017, and with it comes many potential benefits. To date, there has not been much criticism to the proposal, and according to TaprootActivation.com, miners contributing 88.69% of network hash rate have indicated support for the upgrade. It appears that we could see Taproot activated as soon as this summer, but it's likely that critics will come out from the shadows before that begins, and I'm sure Roger Ver will be one of them, even though somehow or another he doesn't have a damn thing to do with Bitcoin, he continuously chimes in on what Bitcoin should be doing. Dude, you have 
you have your own chain. Go, go, go play in your own backyard, pal. Really, honestly, dude. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Miami mayor. Oh God. Okay. Hold on for a sec. Miami mayor Suarez plans to personally buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Dogecoin. Yeah, there's your train wreck for the day. Ugh, God, just when we thought we had some of these people lined out, they just fall from grace. Dogecoin, really? Scott Cipollina, tell us about it from Decrypt.co. Sometime this morning, he's writing the following. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez told Decrypt <clears throat> that he is planning on personally buying cryptocurrency this week. He is considering a portfolio of coins, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and potentially even Dogecoin. Quote, I may do Bitcoin, I may do Ethereum, and I may do Dogecoin. I haven't fully fitted out what I'm going to do, but those are the three that I'm looking at. Mayor Suarez said, somebody call the mayor and tell him that Dogecoin is a freaking joke coin, please, before he embarrasses the rest of us. Somebody get his ass on the phone. And if you're going to spring break, why don't you go to the mayor's house while, while you're at it and tell him that Dogecoin is not for you. <clears throat> it's actually not for anybody. It's a joke. There has been some speculation about when or even if the mayor would ever purchase any cryptocurrencies, but he confirmed that this, this will be happening this week. Uh, quote, we're, we're going to be doing it this week. I, I want to do it sooner rather than later because the price keeps going up. He said, adding, the faster the better. Oh, he's, he's going through FOMO, y'all. We've got the mayor of Miami FOMOing in. He also intends to make his cryptocurrency purchase now, partly as a way of commemorating Bitcoin's recent surge past the $50,000 mark. Quote, we're going to do something cool, maybe to commemorate the passing of the 50K threshold, the mayor said, adding that he will do it as a public thing because I think it will be fun and I think it would be cool. Okay, it's okay. Uh, Bitcoin, uh, hold on. Uh, I just saw something that, that got me distracted. I'm sorry. Bitcoin is the biggest cryptocurrency by market cap with a price of $52,700. It's followed by Ethereum, which is a shitcoin. Uh, its current price is $1,900 after growing by almost 10% last week. It's a shitcoin, dude. Tesla CEO Elon Musk has pushed Dogecoin, originally created as a meme cryptocurrency, into the mainstream. His frequent tweets have encouraged its price to grow, reaching highs of $0.08 cents before falling back to its current value of $0.05, cents, and it shouldn't even be there. And by the way, it was not created as a meme cryptocurrency. It was created as a slight against Bitcoin as a cryptocurrency and the first cryptocurrency. In fact, Dogecoin is one of the very oldest altcoins that there is. I believe that it's a fork of Litecoin, <clears throat> which is in itself a fork of, of Bitcoin. It just has a, a four, uh, two and a half minute blocks. Uh, I think it's four times the, uh, uh, mar uh, not market cap, but the uh, coin cap. And some other things that are basically everything was multiplied by either multiplied by four or divided by four. Okay. And then Dogecoin comes along and it's a, a fork of Litecoin, but it was not created as a meme cryptocurrency. It became that, but it was done because Parker, I can't remember his name, uh, two guys hated Bitcoin so much that they made this thing to dem quote unquote demonstrate how stupid Bitcoin was. And neither one of them hold any Dogecoin anymore. I think one of them bought like a Honda Accord with their proceeds years ago. 
And if they had held on to it, they would be multi-million dollar or multi-millionaires. And yet they have nothing to do with cryptocurrency. That's how much they hate it. I talk about status bootlickers, man. Those two guys are, I mean, you thought it was bad buying a pizza for Bitcoin? Shit. Anyway, the mayor intends to open two accounts, both in a personal capacity, with one likely on crypto exchange Coinbase and the other on crypto exchange Gemini. He said this decision was partly based on his close relationship with Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong and Gemini co-founders Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss. Quote, I'm friends with Brian and I'm friends with Tyler and Cameron, and I want to make sure that they know that I support their platforms. I want to pay it forward a little bit and help them through giving some publicity to their platforms. Dude, they don't need any guys. They don't need any publicity at all. Not only is Mayor Suarez intent on making his own cryptocurrency purchases this week, but he has plans to turn Miami into a cryptocurrency hub and they are in full swing. Quote, last Thursday, we had a watershed moment where I put a fourth resolution to the city commission that passed by a vote of four to one, said Mayor Suarez. That vote enables the city to do three things. First, uh, Mayor Suarez can now look for a third party that will help facilitate employees that work in Miami to be paid in Bitcoin. Yeah, call Jack Mallers. Second, it allows the city to find a third party, potentially the same third party, to facilitate the payment of taxes and fees in Bitcoin. Call Jack Mallers. Lastly, it allows Miami to explore the possibility of holding Bitcoin as an asset in the city's treasury reserve. I don't know. Go with Unchained Capital. <clears throat> Once a vendor is identified, the proposal will have, uh, have to return to the city commission, which will need to approve any proposal it actually receives. Mayor Suarez has also anticipated that state law might prohibit the city from holding Bitcoin as an asset in the Treasury's reserve. If that is the case, he is committed to reforming the relevant legislation to ensure the city can move forward with its cryptocurrency ambitions. There's a legal hurdle that we may have to surmount, but we've also made it a priority that in the event that there was some legal prohibition that the state would be changed or the state law would be changed or should be changed to allow us to hold Bitcoin, he said. But in the meantime, he's going to get a taste of the volatile crypto markets on his own. Oh God, Ethereum and Dogecoin. How fast and how far we can fall never ceases to amaze me. Absolutely. Just like, that's like, that's like the speed of sound that he decided to go shit coinery. It's so sad. How is it that these people, don't, are, there are hundreds, there are thousands of people in Bitcoin that have been doing this forever and understand it. And somehow or another, we are still unable to get that message across. It's amazing. <clears throat> anyway, Janet Yellen calls Bitcoin a highly speculative asset. <laughs> yeah, well, Piles of, of dollars are on fire behind her while she says this, I suppose. Andrew Asmakov is going to tell us about it for Decrypt.co. The recently appointed U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen called Bitcoin a highly speculative asset and pointed to the asset's high volatility in an interview with CNBC on Thursday. She was quoted as saying... <laughs> When asked if cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin need a special regulatory environment, Yellen said that the authorities are focusing on protecting investors and ensuring that cryptocurrencies are not used in criminal activity. Quote, I think it's important 
to make sure that it is not used as a vehicle for illicit transactions and that there's investor protection, said Yellen. In recent weeks, markets went on a wild ride after online traders used Reddit and other social media channels to pump stocks that had previously been shorted by traders on Wall Street. The activity around GameStop and several other companies brought a brand new experience to the world of trading and even caused uh, the United States top regulators to convene to discuss the matter. It's a Ruski conspiracy to fuck up the American economy and the world. Uh, speaking about this recent meeting with the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Federal Reserve, the New York Fed, and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, uh, Yellen said that the broad conclusion was that markets worked, you know, reasonably well. <laughs> Re- reas- reasonably well. However, she concluded that regulators really need to take a look at whether the trading practices are consistent with investor protection and fair and efficient markets. Last month, in an obvious response to those events, the SEC released a letter addressing the volatility of certain stocks. In the statement, the commission vowed to protect retail investors when the facts demonstrate abusive or manipulative trading activity that is prohibited by the federal securities law. Meanwhile, Yellen went on to speak more about cryptocurrencies, adding that for the bodies overseeing the digital asset space, it is certainly important to make sure that they follow their regulatory responsibilities. The U.S. Treasury Secretary has been a vocal critic of Bitcoin in the past, and during her Senate confirmation hearing in January, uh, she stated that cryptocurrencies were of particular concern when it comes to facilitating criminal activity and sponsoring terrorism. Later on, Yellen, however, recognized their potential to improve the financial system. Yellen's last statement to the board members were, I would like to direct this to the distinguished members of the panel. You lousy cork suckers. Uh, Portuguese power company to accept Bitcoin for electricity bills. If you haven't seen, there's a, a, God, there's a Twitter account that posts a lot, or was, I haven't seen it in a while, but like last month and uh, the few months before that, uh, was posting quite a bit about what was going on in, in Portugal <clears throat> and that we should, as, as Bitcoiners, should all move to Portugal. <clears throat> Well, it's looking a little bit better now. I mean, back then the guy was talking about like there's no capital gains tax. And I think it's like really low income tax for both individuals and businesses. And honestly, if you haven't seen pictures, you're talking about the Spanish coast, the Spanish Atlantic coast. I mean, there's like groves of olives and chestnuts and hazelnuts. And I mean, just like thousand year old trees and agriculture that's done the old fashioned way. And they're, they're, they're not poisoning their land. I don't know, man. Portugal may, seems to be looking better and better all of a sudden. Anyway, Lusboa, a small energy trading company in Portugal, will soon start accepting Bitcoin as payment for electricity. And they actually have it spelled out, BTC. Thank you very much. The company's president, Pedro Morris Leato, announced the news to Portuguese publication Expresso on Wednesday, stating that the new payment schedule or the new payment option should become available this month. According to the executive, Lesboa will create a Bitcoin wallet in the coming days, allowing residents to pay for electricity under a new payment system known as BitSpot. According to Leasho, or have you pronounce it, L-E-I-T-A with a sueño over it, O. 
The firm plans to instantly convert received bitcoins into euros to protect its business from unstable prices. Quote, we are aware of currency volatility, but we are prepared to take some risk, the exec said. Hey, it's better than nothing. Leoto explained that the main idea of the initiative was to capture a niche market rather than make its customers move into Bitcoin payments. Quote, there is a new generation with an interest in cryptocurrencies. We are looking to give an opportunity to to use this new means of payment, he said. Headquartered in Viseu, a city and municipality in the central region of Portugal, Lisboa reportedly has around 5,000 residential customers. Nexus and Energia Group, the fifth largest independent energy company in Spain, is the major or majority stakeholder of Lisboa after acquiring a 51% stake in the firm in 2017. Portugal has been slowly emerging as a crypto-friendly country despite industry awareness among local regulators staying relatively low in recent years. The country is specifically known for charging zero taxes from retail cryptocurrency trading after the Portuguese finance minister announced that retail trades of Bitcoin were not taxable in late 2017. Okay, so there's here's the thing about that, that last bit about Nexus Energia Group. Okay, so they're the fifth largest independent energy company in Spain, not in Portugal, in Spain. Okay, Portugal is on the Spanish coast, but it is its own country with its own laws, and there is a border between Spain and and Portugal. Yet a Spanish company owns the majority stake in in uh, as of 2017, which means they were going to have to approve this. The guys from this small Lesboa company had to go talk to the guys at Nexus Energia and ask their permission because they have voting control. They could have just voted to say no, and they didn't. Unless European corporate law and the way that protocols work are so vastly different than the way they work over here, and I don't think that they are, then the fifth largest energy group in Spain gave their blessing to this. Keep that in mind and uh, let's let's uh, let's run the numbers. CNBC.com forward slash markets. That's right. I'm doing this late enough in the day that the markets are actually open right now. S&P 500. 0.35 to the upside. Oh man, what a pump. NASDAQ, 0.7 to the upside. Dow Jones is up 0.39. FTSE is up 0.4. Nikkei is down almost a point, 0.72. Uh, Hang Seng is up 0.16. Shanghai is up a half a point. The uh, volatility index has fallen sharply by 5.6%. It is a pump. For piss ants, just saying here. Oil is down a point to $59.92 for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate. Natural gas uh, rose to uh, by 0.42% to $3.09 for a thousand cubic feet of that. Ooh, gold got a pump. Uh, below half a point percent, but whatever. Seventeen hundred and eighty-three dollars and fifty cents is what's gonna what it's gonna take to buy an ounce of that if you're using shitty fiat. Uh, silver did better, one point six percent to the upside. So if you're into shiny metal rocks, I guess it's an okay day. But real money has a different story to tell. Fifty-two thousand six hundred and eighty-nine dollars, ladies and gentlemen. $52,000. Actually, and honestly, I think that that's a, bad, that's a bogus uh, price that I'm getting from 
bitinfocharts.com. I'm looking over here right now at crypto watch, uh, my crypto watch chart at $53,828. Trading view has it, and that's going to be from Bitstamp numbers. 53,851. So I don't know what's going on with BitInfo charts. I just refreshed it and it's still saying 526899. It looks like, oh, okay, well, no, no, it's still low. So I'm not even gonna go through the lows and, and the highs on this because they're obviously jacked. But 325,000 transactions were performed in the last 24 hours. That's 13,500 transactions on average every hour with 564,000 BTC being sent in that past 24 hour period. We have 23,500 BTC being sent on average per hour with the average transaction value of 1.4, or sorry, 1.7 BTC and the median transaction value holding at 0.022 BTC. That's about $1,200. Block times are almost right at 10 minutes, nine minutes, 56 seconds. We have one BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis and 149.38 BTC being taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. Uh, after a 2.5% slide in hash rate, we are down to 148.35 exahashes per second. So there you go. Now, Clark Moody, I've, I've, I've added a little bit. I've added a little bit of uh, information to my Clark Moody dashboard. Uh, we'll see how this one goes. <clears throat> we have a $1 trillion market capitalization still as of right now. Uh, we have 1,269,000 BTC being held in corporate treasuries. And that value is 68.3 billion US dollars. That is a 6.8% of all the supply of Bitcoin is held in corporate treasuries. Keep that shit in mind. We've captured 8.73% of gold's market cap, and now one Bitcoin will buy you 30.3 ounces of gold. We're getting up to kilogram levels here, y'all. <clears throat> there are 18,632,981.32 BTC in circulation, and Clark has a price of $53,000 or sorry, $53,840 for that. 79,000 transactions are gonna uh, have to onboard 82 blocks to clear. We have 1,087.34 BTC in the Lightning Network, and that's about $58.5 million worth of capacity. That's spread out over 8,896 nodes totaling 37,966 channels. We have a percentage uptick in Tor capacity for the Lightning Network. We are at 53.4% of all Lightning Network are run over Tor nodes. Uh, there are 580 BTC inside the Tor side of the Lightning Network, and there are 3,491 nodes. That's gonna do it for Vitals. How about a second train wreck, y'all? Uh, Gene Simmons endorses Cardano because it's cheaper than Bitcoin. Ah, uh, yes, my good friend Gene Simmons, bass player and frontman, uh, or actually was really wasn't the frontman, but he was the guy that put Kiss together. Kiss, the band from the 70s, from Detroit, Michigan. 
man, good band, dude, but Gene Cardano because it's cheaper. Okay, this is a case study in uh, unit value or unit, what's called unit bias, okay? Oh, it's cheaper. I can get more of it. Therefore, it will be, it's the same joke that they played on people holding silver or, or trying to get people to buy silver. It's precious metal, but it's not as expensive as gold. So buy silver, dude. So I'm sure that Charles Hoskins somehow or another got a hold of Gene Simmons and paid him some money to do this. But Gene Simmons quickly falling out of my uh, give a shit about realm here. Gene Simmons, the famous basis for... Kiss has taken to Twitter to talk about cryptocurrencies, and this time he's shilling a shitcoin called Cardano. Yeah, I'm ad-libbing a little bit. Explaining his reasons behind the decision, Simmons claimed that ADA is somehow more affordable than other coins. Quote, it's pennies compared to my other holdings like Bitcoins, which is over $50,000 for a single coin. I believe anyone should be able to afford cryptocurrency, and here is what I believe in, wrote the musician. Ha! <laughs> Stick to playing the bass and writing music, dude. But there's one issue here. It is possible to buy fractions of cryptocurrency. So while one Bitcoin is worth $52,800, anyone can buy 0.0001 Bitcoin for just $5. This means that a high price isn't a barrier to entry for any coin. The best way to compare coins is by looking at their respective market cap. No, it's not, which takes into account how each coin has a different supply. In Cardano's case, it has 31 billion coins in circulation compared to Bitcoin's 18.6 million. Okay. That's a billion versus million. Hence why it has such a low price in comparison. Okay. Let's, let's stop right there just to talk about market cap for a little bit. I spin up a coin and I spin up a hundred billion of them and I get a chance and, and I get some sucker uh, uh, exchange to list it. And then I buy one coin you know, like from the supply and automatically, let's say I buy it for like a $1. All of a sudden that coin gets $1 valuation. So therefore the market cap is a hundred billion dollars automatically. This is no way to run a dog and pony show. All right. Stop looking at market cap. All right. I, I know I, I just got finished telling you about a trillion dollar market cap. If I'm looking at any market cap at all, the only one I give a shit about is Bitcoin. Okay, everything else is in comparison, and most of them had pre-mines or are just, you know, have like very little hash rate securing the chain. And those that are moving from proof of work to proof of stake, good luck, because when the institutions like buy up all the coins, they're going to have all the voting rights and they're just going to tear you apart. So Bitcoin is the only thing that I care about, and there's many reasons why those are some of them. In a reply to one of his followers, Simmons also pointed to the fact that Cardano was created by Charles Hoskins. Oh, you mean the co-founder of Ethereum? Charles doesn't like that, by the way. Oh, it says it right here. <laughs> the fact that Cardano was created by Charles Hoskins, comma, a co-founder of Ethereum, who is confident that 2021 will be the most productive year in Cardano's history to date. Ah! Hoskins was quick to react to these statements, saying he is welcoming Simmons to the Cardano family. Oh my God, Jesus. It's not a Gucci bag, dude. PM me if you need any support, added Hoskinson's. Yeah, he wouldn't do that to a normal pleb. Cardano, currently the sixth largest cryptocurrency by market cap, has seen a spike in its price in recent weeks and will undergo a scheduled 
what Mary Hardfork on March the 1st described as one of the most important events to happen on the Cardano blockchain since the Shelly rollout last year. The upgrade will enable people to create tokens on the platform. So chasing after Ethereum's fire. Simmons' affair with cryptocurrency started back in 2017 when Bitcoin was rallying to $20,000, but the rock star went off the radar during the crypto winter in 2018 and 19. Three years later, in September 2020, Simmons endorsed Cameron Winklevoss's message in which the Gemini Exchange co-founders or co-founder exchanged, sorry, encouraged people to use bank accounts to buy cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Earlier this month, some days after the prices of Dogecoin and XRP suddenly skyrocketed, the musician revealed he invested in both of these cryptocurrencies. Uh, some commentators accuse Simmons, Simmons of being paid to promote altcoins like Cardano. However, the Kiss frontman insists his tweets are not investment advice. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you didn't get paid to, to make them. I mean, I, somebody can pay me to, to chill a shitcoin right now, and I can say, oh, by the way, this isn't investment advice. It doesn't change the fact that I just got paid to say the name and then cover my ass, which you don't really cover in the first place. Anyway, quote, I'm not here to give you investment advice. Do your own research. I keep telling you guys. Additionally, you don't know me, so the idea of being friends with you is not foremost in my mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's probably a little bit more sensitive of a baby than, than we once thought. <laughs> Honestly, screw that guy. Now, here's a guy, love him or hate him, I got a lot of respect for this dude. BitMEX's Arthur Hayes returns. He returns, baby. And he's going to chop some shit up, bro. Anyway, he returns with calls for a boycott of legacy finance. So this is Samuel Haig writing this one for Cointelegraph sometime yesterday. Uh, BitMEX co-founder and former CEO Arthur Hayes has returned from exile with a post on the Derivatives Exchange official blog uh, calling for a boycott of legacy platforms following the GameStop drama. Hayes said the incident where trading on Robinhood was halted after retail traders forced a short squeeze and somehow or another I lost my place. Hold on here. Uh, good Lord. Oh, here, here we go. Uh, forced a short squeeze causing hedge funds to suffer billions in losses showed that markets are stacked against retail traders. Quote, the game masters just didn't like how the game was being played, so they jacked up margin to force a course correction, end quote. The former BitMEX CEO urged retail traders to opt out of the legacy financial system in favor of crypto capital markets. Quote, withdraw all of your money from your broker. Stop trading. Stop paying the system that you believe treats you like a second-class citizen. That is opting out, and it is extremely powerful and liberating, end quote. <clears throat> the post follows months of silence from Hayes, who went to ground last year after the U.S. Department of Justice and Commodity Futures Trading Commission filed charges against BitMEX executives in October for allegedly violating federal anti-money laundering and know-your-customer obligations in operating an unregistered trading platform. The post did not provide any indication as to his current whereabouts. <laughs> I just like to think of him like sitting by a campfire in a cowboy hat, boots, horse over to the side in the Badlands in New Mexico while he's hiding out from the law. The post, anyway, Hayes returned to crypto Twitter for the first time since September, and it was welcomed by many notables in the crypto sector, including BitInstant founder Charlie Shrim, Kraken's growth lead Dan Held, Three Arrows Capital CEO Sue Zhu, and Blockstream co-founder and CEO Adam Back. 
Adam back replies to Arthur Hayes' tweet by saying, Arthur's back. Good read on GME. People need to grok the rules. Know the system, pal. Anyway, however, not everyone offered Hayes a warm welcome with Twitter user Lord Ashtake replying to Hayes, bro, shouldn't you be like in jail or something? Well, okay. I don't know. Me personally, like I said, I don't care what you say. I like Arthur Hayes. I think he's a pretty decent guy and he's always relatively been on Bitcoin side. Yes. Does he sell shit coins? Yeah. BitMEX sells shit coins. Cause if they, if all they were was an on-ramp for uh Bitcoin and uh, to trade between Bitcoin and uh, other uh, fiat currencies, he, there really wouldn't be that much of a business there. You can do that on any number of platforms. So that's why he deals with shit coins. Is it cool? No. Did he get rich out of it? Yeah. Is he in trouble? Yeah. Is he on the run? Well, duh. Is he ever going to be able to go home? Probably not. But if he becomes like an Arthur Hayes ghost in the system, I'm so down with that shit, dude. So down with it. Elon Musk, being stupid, says Bitcoin is less dumb than cash. Never before in the history of mankind has so few gotten one thing so fucking wrong in his entire life as that statement. Dude, Sharma Malwa, tell us about it from Decrypt.co. <clears throat> Tesla CEO Elon Musk said today that corporations had a better edge holding Bitcoin than cash in today's low interest rates environment. The comment came in a tweet to a Bloomberg video that referenced Tesla's recent $1.5 billion purchase of Bitcoin. Yeah. Quote, having some Bitcoin, which is simply a less dumb form of liquidity than cash, is adventurous enough for an S&P 500 company, Musk said. The 49-year-old added that while his comment was not reflective of Tesla's purchase, only a fool would continue to stay in cash, then look for other parking values and other assets. But... He is still skeptical about Bitcoin. He just thinks it's not as silly as cash. Quote, Bitcoin is almost as bullshit as fiat money. The key word is almost, he said. <clears throat> I know, I know, kid. I know it's sad to see, but we, we have to, we, we've got to sh uh, soldier through this shit. Some members of the online crypto community on Twitter, Twitter asked why Musk found Bitcoin to be BS at all, especially in comparison to cash. He quipped, he quipped somehow a hash text file using ancient cryptography can be exchanged for real goods and services. Amazing. Such a narrative is similar to what Raghuram Rajan, former chief economist of the International Monetary Fund, said of Bitcoin last year. He noted that while the asset itself has no intrinsic value, the crypto community, users, and businesses ended up giving it some value. Quote, it has value because others thinks, think it has values, Rajan said at the time. There are critics, of course. Guess who? Euro-Pacific Capital CEO Peter Schiff. While he admitted that he had made a bad call at Bitcoin, that Bitcoin would never hit $50,000, continues to maintain that Bitcoin has no intrinsic value and will eventually fall to zero. Yeah, skeleton on park bench. Hashtag waiting, bitches. Congress rips into Robin Hood Citadel CEOs at House hearing. This should be good. I heard a lot about this yesterday. Will Gottsen, Gottsengen is writing this for uh, Decrypt.co uh, yesterday. 
The CEOs of Robinhood, Citadel, and Reddit testified before Congress today as part of a review of last month's GameStop short squeeze, a massive retail-driven spike in the price of GameStop stock. And the tone was harsh. Hmm. Much of the testimony has centered around what actually happened and why Robinhood ended up restricting certain stocks on its brokery platform. Okay. Uh, Rep. Maxine Waters, who chairs the House Financial Services Committee, tried her best to keep Citadel's Ken Griffin and Robin Hood's Vlad Tenev on track, insisting that they just answer yes or no. Things got heated during Rep. Brad Sherman's questions to Griffin about payments for order flow, a mechanism that rewards brokers for routing trades to market makers like Citadel. Sherman accused uh, Citadel of, of ex- executing trades for Robinhood at worse prices than equivalent trades and other companies and chalked it up uh, to payments for order flow. Quote, you're doing a great job of wasting my time, said Sherman as Griffin flailed. Quote, if you're going to filibuster, you should run for the Senate. End quote. Ooh. The answer to the question of what actually happened in late January remains at least somewhat fuzzy, but here's the general thrust. Traders on a Reddit message board called Wall Street Bets decided to pump the price of a heavily shorted company like GameStop, and it worked. The the campaign went viral, and the price of GameStop stop stock rose from $20 to over $300. Melvin Capital, one of the hedge funds that it had shorted that had shorted GameStop was forced to take a $3 billion bailout from Citadel in 0.72. Wall Street Bets ringleader was a guy named Keith Gill, also known as Deep Fucking Value or The Roaring Kitty on Twitter. He testified today too. He he's claimed to have turned an investment of $53,000 into nearly 50 million. I can't believe he said that. On January 29th, Robinhood started blocking new GameStop purchases, citing volume issues. The following day, they began allowing new purchases of just one share of GameStop per customer per day. Some cried market manipulation. Others went so far as to sue, and politicians like Representative Alexandria occasionally courtesan Oh, I'm sorry. I've messed that up. And Senator Ted Cruz began calling for a hearing. Quote, I'm sorry for what happened. I apologize, said Tenev, about the company's communication around trading restrictions. I'm not going to say that Robinhood did everything perfect. Okay. Okay. Uh, But we haven't made mistakes in the past. But what I commit to is making sure that we improve from this, learn from it, and we don't make the same mistakes in the future. He went on to say, This Samanambachin country was founded so that the liberties of common patriotic citizens could not be taken away by a bunch of Fargan iceholes like yourselves. Although Tenev is a Fargan icehole, I heard that I didn't hear the the testimony itself, but I did hear that people were commenting about him talking about the 20 year old that committed suicide and apparently he was just cold and heartless and just really didn't uh, apparently just didn't give a shit showed almost zero remorse. And that's just sad. We had a 20 year old kid lose his life because he was over leveraged on this whole deal. And Tenev, when he pulled the plug basically made it so that the kid could never get out. And uh, the kid killed himself 20 years old. Wasn't even of drinking age in the United States. 
It's just amazing to me, man. Anyway, DeFi money market closure after SEC probe could set a rocky precedent. Uh, Cointelegraph Cyrus McNally tells us about it from yesterday. The SEC's recent inquiry into the Tim Draper-backed DeFi money market platform is the most recent example in a concerning trend of increasing actions by regulators against unregistered securities. It joins Kick Interactive, Ripple, and CoinSeed as crypto projects facing the wrath of regulators under the aspects of securities law. The mystery behind DeFi money markets abrupt closure on February the 5th was unveiled in the project's official Telegram channel on February the 9th in a statement that revealed the DeFi Money Market Foundation received an investigative subpoena from the United States SEC on December the 15th, 2020. Quote, we reviewed the subpoena carefully and with the assistance of counsel began complying with the legal requirements to produce documents and make other information available to the SEC. Quote, we have begun negotiations with the SEC staff to resolve its investigation, and in an effort to reach a mutually agreeable resolution, we have concluded that an orderly wind-down of the project is best. Oh, poor DeFi. Without providing many specifics, the statement also assured the, that investor assets held by the DeFi money market, such as DAI, USDC, USDT, and Ethereum, would be returned to customers as soon as possible. You ain't ever seeing that money. The DeFi money market project was initially designed to allow cryptocurrency traders and investors access to tokenized real-world assets. Okay, combining meat space assets with something that's digital on a fucking blockchain does not work. Okay, let's say I put my house, uh, uh, the deed for my house on the blockchain. How's that going to help me against civil asset forfeiture or encroachment issues or the re-encumbrance of my land to civic priorities? It doesn't. Just because it exists on the blockchain doesn't mean shit. The only thing that means shit is the token of value that is also on that blockchain. That's it. Everything else is up in the air. Men with guns, if you don't have enough to combat them, will take your shit and they will take it fast. And you say, but it's on the blockchain and they will just shoot you dead for being stupid. Sorry, but that's the way it is. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> the whole thing had been played with problems since its inception with the initial sale riddled with swap errors and scammers capitalizing upon the confusion. The DMM team had initially described the platform's closure as the result of regulatory inquiries. Trenchant cryptocurrency critic and, and attack of the 50-foot blockchain author David Gerard said in a post act that the action shows that the SEC is ramping up efforts to prosecute DeFi-related projects in the United States. He argues this is because DeFi is a pretty blatant is, is pretty blatantly a security in the United States and that related tokens fit the criteria of a security as defined by the Howey test. Gerard points to previous administrative orders by the SEC in which the ICO or an ICO was deemed to constitute sales of unregistered securities as the template for future prosecution efforts in baby here we are with the action incoming or sorry with the while the action is concerning 
DeFi projects that have more fully decentralized governance may be viewed differently. No, they won't. And it remains to be seen how regulators and courts will approach such projects. Yeah, with jail time. Several other non-DeFi cryptocurrency projects have been unfortunate enough to have been targeted by the SEC recently. On January 24th, the New York District Court ruled in favor of the SEC's motion for summary judgment against Kick Interactive, which raised approximately $100 million in token sales back in 2017. In December of 2020, the SEC made public their lawsuit against Ripple, alleging its founders of raising $1.3 billion in the sales of unregistered securities. In February 2020, the SEC filed charges against Steven Seagal for his role in promoting a 2018 ICO. And in New York, News emerged yesterday that the state attorney general is suing crypto trading platform CoinSeed for defrauding investors with its ICO under the Martin Act. These guys are coming after you. Get out of whatever coin that is not Bitcoin because they are going to shred through Bitcoin's ablative armor. And by the time they finally get to Bitcoin, they're going to be so out of gas and Bitcoin's going to be so big. Thank you for your service, DeFi, for being the armor that melts away in the face of the SEC. I thank you for your service, pal. Bitcoin ETF opens to monster first day, $80 million in one hour, guys. Dude, dude. I said, oh Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Yeah, <clears throat> so uh, North America's first ever Bitcoin exchange traded fund uh, launched today. It traded $165 million worth of shares in its first day, including $80 million in its first hour, according to Bloomberg data. The, the Purpose Bitcoin ETF, that's the name of it, was approved in Canada earlier this month and runs on the Toronto Stock Exchange. The physical Bitcoin that the ETF trades is stored by crypto exchange Gemini. According to Bloomberg ETF analyst Eric Balchinus, it was an epic full first day for Purpose. Exchange-traded funds allow investors to buy and sell shares continually throughout the day. The Bitcoin ETF allows investors to buy shares that represent the digital asset without having to actually own the cryptocurrency themselves. Dude, just buy the underlying asset. The world's first Bitcoin ETF got approved in Bermuda last year. Purpose Bitcoin ETF allows easy and efficient access to Bitcoin without the associated risk of self-custody within a digital wallet, according to Purpose, the asset management company running the ETF. I still advise everybody to just buy the underlying asset, learn how to custody it. Quote, we believe Bitcoin is the first and largest asset in the emerging cryptocurrency ecosystem is poised to continue its growth trajectory and adoption as an alternative asset, further cementing the investment opportunity it prevents. Purpose CEO Sam Seif said in a statement, Purpose Bitcoin ETF is the first such ETF in North America. In, in the United States, regulators have yet to approve one because I don't know, we're dumb. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has rejected applications from companies that want to launch an ETF, including Bitwise and Wilshire Phoenix. The SEC claims that a real Bitcoin market doesn't exist in the United States and that the, crypto, uh, the currency's price is prone to manipulation by those with significant holdings. But Canada has had some luck, it seems. The Purpose ETF got the green light on February the 11th, and a second ETF by Evolve Funds Group got approved this month. But it isn't up and running yet. After today's success, perhaps a Bitcoin ETF in the United States may be one step closer to a reality, though that might not be a good thing. 
Quantum economics analyst Charles Boviard told Decrypt, quote, since a Bitcoin ETF is launched in Canada, this development might steal the thunder surrounding the launch of any such fund in the United States. Boviard added, more specifically, the existence of this Canadian ETF could make the approval of any U.S. ETF less of a milestone since it would not be the first fund of this kind to be approved by regulators. Well, neither was the Bermuda Fund, guys. So the existence of one or more Canadian ETF said the analyst could reduce the trading volume that a U.S. Bitcoin ETF draws if and when it finally obtains approval from the SEC. I don't know. I, I think the SEC just might not even allow an ETF in the United States just to thumb their nose at Canada for getting their goat, honestly. It wouldn't surprise me on it. It just, it really wouldn't surprise me. Not one bit. All right. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. Terrible Joke Corner brought to you by Dad Says Jokes. My wife just said, you never listen. I thought that was a weird way to start a conversation. I can always depend on Dad. All right, so what have we learned this week? Bitcoin to the moon, bro. Bitcoin to the moon. And let's see what let's see what we're doing right here on the prize. Hold on for a second. I'll get it for you. Da, da, da. And we are looking square. Oh my God. Uh 54,695, y'all. Almost fifty five thousand dollars. Did we actually peak it? No. Our local top is uh fifty four thousand seven hundred and ninety, and that's on the hourly chart. Uh, or out, yeah, hourly candles on my crypto watch chart. And if you're not using crypto watch, I it's a, a Clark Moody um, thing. Him and a, a team of people are doing crypto watch. It's nice. It's I, it's got you know there there's some things that I like about TradingView just a little bit better. But just I just like the look of of crypto watch, and it does it does most of the stuff that that TradingView can do. Uh, if you haven't uh, checked it out, go to, I think it's uh, cryptowat.ch, I think. And it would just type in crypto watch uh, trading uh, char- or chart tool and, and you'll find it. They have a desktop version and I'm actually using the web version uh, just because just it's easier that way. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, like, so what else have we learned? Well, I don't know, man. This whole thing is, is, this week has been completely weird and it's going to remain weird. So here, here's what you have to do. I'll give you th- three actionable points if I can remember to do three. One, <clears throat> hold your own Bitcoin. And if you don't know how, learn. Two, learn very brief uh, arguments that basically deflect when somebody says, Oh, but Bitcoin's going to boil the oceans. Okay, find an argument that you can pitch inside of an elevator ride that completely debunks that. Don't get into long-winded shit. Okay, nobody wants to hear that. Just figure out a way, figure out any way that you can to debunk that crap quickly. And when I mean quickly, remember this statement. Brevity is the soul of wit. Brevity is the soul of wit. You got to hit them, hit them hard, and then shut the fuck up. And if you did it right, 
that seed will be planted. They may not agree with you right then and right there, but eventually and soon, TM. And let's see, what the, the third thing, I don't know, man. Go out, grab a beer, kiss your lady or your man, depending on what's going on. Love on your kids. Go for a walk. Uh, we're finally going to thaw out here in the panhandle of Texas today, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. We're supposed to get, I think, 45 today. So hopefully uh, I, uh, a pipe that is frozen in my back bathroom will finally thaw out sometime this afternoon. I'm, I'm waiting for that. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.